The Bible, the book that has changed the world by changing lives around the world. Men and women, young and old, the Bible has changed my life. The love, stability, and hope that I need, they're all found in the Bible. The Bible gives me hope that a new day is coming. The Bible is helping me see what really matters. The Bible Live is a -a one-of-a-kind, first-time-in-history radio program. Offering you the chance to hear a 15 to 20 minute Bible reading each weeknight. The entire Bible, every year. Hear the scriptures, then call in with your comments and questions. This is the best show in the world. Well, actually, I was speaking against everything you were talking about before, and uh, now I, I stand humbly corrected. I'm a pastor, and our people really need to know the word more. The Bible also transformed the life of your Bible Live host. A full-blooded Apache Indian, born out of wedlock and abandoned at birth. Soapy Dollar was found in a big city alley by a kind-hearted fortune teller, then passed around to 16 families before he was six years old. Placed in a home for homeless and delinquent boys, Soapy Dollar heard the Bible's life-changing message at the age of eight, and the course of his life was changed. He's an American Indian guitar play it all around rodeo cowboy. I keep my thumb between the pages and my heart in the book. With more degrees than a thermometer and over 40 years of introducing folks just like you to the God of the Bible. Here is Soapy Dollar. Hello, everyone. We are ready to continue our way through the book of Ezekiel. We are coming toward at least the second half of the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel is in Babylon. He's not over in Jerusalem or in Judah. He is one of the exiles taken in 597 B.C. He was 25 when he was taken into exile in the second invasion of Israel by Nebuchadnezzar, the emperor of Babylon. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they had been taken in the first group in 605. Ezekiel, a young seminary student, had been in preparation for working in the temple, began his ministry in 593 at the age of 30, which is the age when priests began their priestly work in the temple. But he was called to preach on the streets of Babylon. But it's an important thing to remember about Ezekiel. He was a priest. His passion was worshiping God, the temple, and the rituals. He knew that knowing God and worshiping God went beyond the outward performance, but he did love the performance of his duties. We will see that in just a few chapters as he goes to share with us then some of his vision of a restored, renewed temple. Remember now, the temple is destroyed. Tonight we're going to pick up in chapter 30. There are a series of messages about these other nations, Egypt, Edom, and and the nations around. These are the messages that he preached over these years, and they are listed not chronologically, but by topic. First came the messages to Israel. Now come the messages to the nations surrounding Israel. Right now, though, let's go to our Wisdom and Worship segment, the beautiful Psalm 120 tonight on the Bible Live. Psalm 120. I took my troubles to the Lord. I cried out to him, and he answered my prayer. Rescue me, O Lord, from liars and from all deceitful people. O deceptive tongue, what will God do to you? How will he increase your punishment? You will be pierced with sharp arrows and burned with glowing coals. How I suffer among these scoundrels of Meshech. It pains me to live with these people from Kedar. I am tired of living here among people who hate peace. 
As for me, I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. End of reading, Psalm 120. Sing your praise to the Lord. Come on, everybody, stand up and sing one more. What a beautiful psalm for this evening. Uh, and this, there is so much deceit and there is so much misinformation out there these days. That psalm really becomes important here on The Bible Live. We're ready to begin with our reading now from the book of Ezekiel. One further comment on our Wisdom and Worship segment, Psalm 120, a prayer for deliverance from false accusers. As believers, we have to live with the tension of being in this world, but not belonging to it. It's part of the plan of God that we would live in this world where good and evil coexist. And we need to be aware of deception. Well, let's go now to Ezekiel. He's talking to the people of Egypt, declaring God's judgment on them. Ezekiel 31 through 3333. Ezekiel 30. This is another message that came to me from the Lord. Son of man, prophesy and give this message from the sovereign Lord. Weep, for the terrible day is almost here, the day of the Lord. It is a day of clouds and gloom, a day of despair for the nations. A sword will come against Egypt, and those who are slaughtered will cover the ground. Their wealth will be carried away, and their foundations destroyed. The land of Ethiopia will be ravished. Ethiopia, Libya, Lydia, and Arabia, with all their other allies, will be destroyed in that war. For this is what the Lord says. All of Egypt's allies will fall, and the pride of their power will end. From Migdol to Aswan, they will be slaughtered by the sword, says the Sovereign Lord. Egypt will be desolate, surrounded by desolate nations, and its cities will be in ruins, surrounded by other ruined cities. And the people of Egypt will know that I am the Lord when I have set Egypt on fire and destroyed all their allies. At that time, I will send swift messengers in ships to terrify the complacent Ethiopians. Great panic will come upon them on that day of Egypt's certain destruction. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Through King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, I will destroy the hordes of Egypt. He and his armies, ruthless among the nations, have been sent to demolish the land. They will make war against Egypt until slaughtered Egyptians cover the ground. I will dry up the Nile River and hand the land over to wicked men. I will destroy the land of Egypt and everything in it, using foreigners to do it. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will smash the idols of Egypt and the images at Memphis. There will be no rulers left in Egypt. Anarchy will prevail throughout the land. I will destroy Pothros, Zoan, and Thebes, and they will lie in ruins, burned up by my anger. I will pour out my fury on Pelusium, the strongest fortress of Egypt, and I will stamp out the people of Thebes. Yes, I will set fire to all Egypt. Pelusium will be racked with pain. Thebes will be torn apart. Memphis will live in constant terror. The young men of Heliopolis and Bubastis will die in battle, and the women will be taken away as slaves. When I come to break the proud strength of Egypt, it will be a dark day for Topanes too. A dark cloud will cover Topanes, and its daughters will be led away as captives. And so I will greatly punish Egypt, and they will know that I am the Lord. On April 29, during the 11th year of King Jehoiakim's captivity, this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, I have broken the arm of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. 
His arm has not been put in a cast so that it may heal. Neither has it been bound up with a splint to make it strong enough to hold a sword. Therefore this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I am the enemy of Pharaoh the king of Egypt. I will break both of his arms, the good arm along with the broken one, and I will make his sword clatter to the ground. I will scatter the Egyptians to many lands throughout the world. I will strengthen the arms of Babylon's king and put my sword in his hand. But I will break the arms of Pharaoh king of Egypt, and he will lie there mortally wounded, groaning in pain. I will strengthen the arms of the king of Babylon while the arms of Pharaoh fall useless to his sides. And when I put my sword in the hand of Babylon's king, and he brings it against the land of Egypt, Egypt will know that I am the Lord. I will scatter the Egyptians among the nations, then they will know that I am the Lord. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Ezekiel 31. On June 21, during the 11th year of King Jehoiakim's captivity, this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, give this message to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and all his people. To whom would you compare your greatness? You are as Assyria was, a great and mighty nation. Assyria, too, was once like a cedar of Lebanon, full of thick branches that cast deep forest shade with its top high among the clouds. Deep springs watered it and helped it to grow tall and luxuriant. The water was so abundant that there was enough for all the trees nearby. This great tree towered above all the other trees around it. It prospered and grew long, thick branches because of all the water at its roots. The birds nested in its branches, and in its shade all the wild animals gave birth to their young. All the great nations of the world lived in its shadow. It was strong and beautiful, for its roots went deep into abundant water. This tree became taller than any of the other cedars in the garden of God. No cypress had branches equal to it. No plane tree had boughs to compare. No tree in the garden of God came close to it in beauty. Because of the magnificence I gave this tree, it was the envy of all the other trees of Eden, the garden of God. Therefore this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Because it became proud and arrogant, and because it set itself so high above the others, reaching to the clouds, I handed it over to a mighty nation that destroyed it as its wickedness deserved. I myself discarded it. A foreign army, the terror of the nations, cut it down and left it fallen on the ground. Its branches were scattered across the mountains and valleys and ravines of the land. All those who lived beneath its shadow went away and left it lying there. The birds roosted on its fallen trunk, and the wild animals lay among its branches. Let no other nation proudly exult in its own prosperity, though it be higher than the clouds, for all are doomed. They will land in the pit along with all the proud people of the world. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. When Assyria went down into the grave, I made the deep places mourn, and I restrained the mighty waters. I clothed Lebanon in black and caused the trees of the field to wilt. I made the nations shake with fear at the sound of its fall, for I sent it down to the grave with all the others like it. And all the other proud trees of Eden, the most beautiful and the best of Lebanon, the ones whose roots went deep into the water, were relieved to find it there with them in the pit. Its allies, too, were all destroyed and had passed away. They had gone down to the grave, all those nations that had lived in its shade. O oh, Egypt, to which of the trees of Eden will you compare your strength and glory? You, too, will be brought down to the pit with all these other nations. You will lie there among the outcasts who have died by the sword. 
This will be the fate of Pharaoh and all his teeming hordes. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Ezekiel 32. On March 3rd, during the twelfth year of King Jehoiakim's captivity, this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, mourn for Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and give him this message. You think of yourself as a strong young lion among the nations, but you are really just a sea monster, heaving around in your own rivers, stirring up mud with your feet. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will send many people to catch you in my net and haul you out of the water. I will leave you stranded on the land to die. All the birds of the heavens will land on you, and the wild animals of the whole earth will gorge themselves on you. I will cover the hills with your flesh and fill the valleys with your bones. I will drench the earth with your gushing blood all the way to the mountains, filling the ravines to the brim. When I blot you out, I will veil the heavens and darken the stars. I will cover the sun with a cloud, and the moon will not give you its light. Yes, I will bring darkness everywhere across your land. Even the brightest stars will become dark above you. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. And when I bring your shattered remains to distant nations that you have never seen, I will disturb many hearts. Yes, I will bring terror to many lands, and their kings will be terrified because of all I do to you. They will shudder in fear for their lives as I brandish my sword before them on the day of your fall. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says. The sword of the king of Babylon will come against you. I will destroy you with the swords of mighty warriors, the terror of the nations. They will shatter the pride of Egypt, and all its hordes will be destroyed. I will destroy all your flocks and herds that graze beside the streams. Never again will people or animals disturb those waters with their feet. Then I will let the waters of Egypt become calm again, and they will flow as smoothly as olive oil, says the Sovereign Lord. And when I destroy Egypt and wipe out everything you have and strike down all your people, then you will know that I am the Lord. Yes, this is the funeral song they will sing for Egypt. Let all the nations mourn for Egypt and its hordes. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. On March 17, during the twelfth year, another message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, weep for the hordes of Egypt and for the other mighty nations. For I will send them down to the world below in company with those who descend to the pit. Say to them, O Egypt, are you lovelier than the other nations? No, so go down to the pit and lie there among the outcasts. The Egyptians will fall with the many who have died by the sword, for the sword is drawn against them. Egypt will be dragged away to its judgment. Down in the grave, mighty leaders will mockingly welcome Egypt and its allies, saying, They have come down. They lie among the outcasts, all victims of the sword. Assyria lies there, surrounded by the graves of all its people, those who were slaughtered by the sword. Their graves are in the depths of the pit, and they are surrounded by their allies. These mighty men, who once struck terror in the hearts of people everywhere, are now dead at the hands of their enemies. Elam lies there, buried with its hordes, who descended as outcasts to the world below. They terrorized the nations while they lived, but now they lie in the pit and share the humiliation of those who have gone to the world of the dead. They have a resting place among the slaughtered, surrounded by the graves of all their people. Yes, they terrorized the nations while they lived, but now they lie in shame in the pit, all of them outcasts, slaughtered by the sword. Meshach and Tubal are there, surrounded by the graves of all their hordes. They once struck terror into the hearts of all people, but now they are outcasts, all victims of the sword. 
They are not buried in honor like the fallen heroes of the outcasts, who went down to the grave with their weapons, their shields covering their bodies and their swords beneath their heads. They brought terror to everyone while they were still alive. You too, Egypt, will lie crushed and broken among the outcasts, all victims of the sword. Edom is there with its kings and princes. Mighty as they were, they also lie among those killed by the sword, with the outcasts who have gone down to the pit. All the princes of the north and the Sidonians are there, all victims of the sword. Once a terror, they now lie there in shame. They lie there as outcasts with all the other dead who have descended to the pit. When Pharaoh arrives, he will be relieved to find that he is not alone in having his entire army killed, says the Sovereign Lord. For I have caused my terror to fall upon all the living. And Pharaoh and his hordes will lie there among the outcasts who have died by the sword. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Ezekiel 33. Once again a message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, give your people this message. When I bring an army against a country, the people of that land choose a watchman. When the watchman sees the enemy coming, he blows the alarm to warn the people. Then if those who hear the alarm refuse to take action, well, it is their own fault if they die. They heard the warning but wouldn't listen, so the responsibility is theirs. If they had listened to the warning, they could have saved their lives. But if the watchman sees the enemy coming and doesn't sound the alarm to warn the people, he is responsible for their deaths. They will die in their sins, but I will hold the watchman accountable. Now, son of man, I am making you a watchman for the people of Israel. Therefore, listen to what I say and warn them for me. If I announce that some wicked people are sure to die, and you fail to warn them about changing their ways, then they will die in their sins, but I will hold you responsible for their deaths. But if you warn them to repent, and they don't repent, they will die in their sins, but you will not be held responsible. Son of man, give the people of Israel this message. You are saying our sins are heavy upon us. We are wasting away. How can we survive? As surely as I live, says the Sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of wicked people. I only want them to turn from their wicked ways so they can live. Turn, turn from your wickedness, O people of Israel. Why should you die? Son of man, give your people this message. The good works of righteous people will not save them if they turn to sin, nor will the sins of evil people destroy them if they repent and turn from their sins. When I tell righteous people that they will live, but then they sin expecting their past righteousness to save them, then none of their good deeds will be remembered. I will destroy them for their sins. And suppose I tell some wicked people that they will surely die, but then they turn from their sins and do what is just and right. For instance, they might give back a borrower's pledge, return what they have stolen, and obey my life-giving laws, no longer doing what is evil. If they do this, then they will surely live and not die. None of their past sins will be brought up again, for they have done what is just and right, and they will surely live. Your people are saying the Lord is not just, but it is they who are not just. For again I say, when righteous people turn to evil, they will die. But if wicked people turn from their wickedness and do what is just and right, they will live. O people of Israel, you are saying the Lord is not just, but I will judge each of you according to your deeds. On January 8, during the twelfth year of our captivity, a man who had escaped from Jerusalem came to me and said, The city has fallen. 
The previous evening the Lord had taken hold of me and opened my mouth, so I would be able to speak when this man arrived the next morning. Then this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, the scattered remnants of Judah living among the ruined cities keep saying, Abraham was only one man, yet he gained possession of the entire land. We are many. Surely the land should be given to us as a possession. Now give these people this message from the Sovereign Lord. You eat meat with blood in it. You worship idols, and you murder the innocent. Do you really think the land should be yours? Murderers, idolaters, adulterers, should the land belong to you? Give them this message from the Sovereign Lord. As surely as I live, those living in the ruins will die by the sword. Those living in the open fields will be eaten by wild animals. Those hiding in the forts and caves will die of disease. I will destroy the land and demolish her pride. Her arrogant power will come to an end. The mountains of Israel will be so ruined that no one will even travel through them. When I have ruined the land because of their disgusting sins, then they will know that I am the Lord. Son of man, your people are whispering behind your back. They talk about you in their houses and whisper about you at the doors, saying, Come on, let's have some fun. Let's go hear the prophet tell us what the Lord is saying. So they come, pretending to be sincere, and sit before you listening. But they have no intention of doing what I tell them. They express love with their mouths, but their hearts seek only after money. You are very entertaining to them, like someone who sings love songs with a beautiful voice or plays fine music on an instrument. They hear what you say, but they don't do it. But when all these terrible things happen to them, as they certainly will, then they will know a prophet has been among them. End of reading, Ezekiel 31 through 3333. This street preacher, this prophet of Israel named Ezekiel, God is strong or God strengthens. We have this record of his messages over a period of 22 years. He spoke to the people of Israel, directly at least, to those who were living in Babylon, those who had been caught up in the great exile of Nebuchadnezzar. In 605 B.C., 597 B.C., and 586 B.C., at least three great waves of prisoners that were taken from Jerusalem, from Judah, over 600 miles as the crow flies. Actually, it was something like 900 miles. They had to go to the north, up to the Euphrates, up to where Nineveh had been, over what is called the Fertile Crescent, and then over to Babylon. And there, on the river Kebar, they established a colony of the Jewish exiles. His messages are dated fairly accurately. We can look at pretty specific dates on these because of the details that are given in the text and the date that Ezekiel gave to his messages. Now, chapter 30 we read tonight was the latest prophecy that Ezekiel gave. It goes all the way to 571 B.C. Remember, he only ministered from 593 to 571, 22 years. And he mentioned in that particular passage that Nebuchadnezzar had finally conquered Tyre. We read about God's judgment on the city-state of Tyre, how Babylon would destroy Tyre. Tyre was a powerful city-state, the one with part of the city on the mainland and in part of the city out on the island. It was difficult to conquer because they were able to reinforce, receive food and armaments and so on from the sea. Nebuchadnezzar began the destruction of Tyre by destroying the mainland part of the city 
And then it was Alexander the Great, about 200 years later, who took the stones and the rocks from the destroyed city of Tyre on the mainland. He threw them into the sea and established a land bridge, then destroyed the island part of the city of Tyre. So it was completely destroyed, just as God had said. We see that in chapter 29, and we saw the pride of Egypt. The pharaohs of Egypt claimed that they had made the Nile, and God said that he would destroy them for their pride, their arrogance. Many years earlier, in 587 B.C., Jerusalem was under siege. It was destroyed in 586, a year later. But when they were still under siege, remember that Pharaoh Hophra made a half-hearted attempt to help the people of Israel, but then he retreated when Nebuchadnezzar turned on him. God is sovereign over the nations, and he allows nations to rise and fall according to his own plan and his own purposes. We need to make sure that we are on God's side as a nation. Uh, That is when we know that God will bless and prosper us. What does it all mean? So many hundreds and hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, literally. But remember, these are real nations. These are real people. These were real wars, real deaths, real anguish. And there are principles that we can learn from these situations. God is sovereign. Now, the book of Ezekiel, chapters 1 through 24, has to do with God's messages of judgment on Judah and on the people of Israel. Chapters 25 through 32, which we finished tonight, has to do with God's judgment in dealings with other nations like Egypt and Tyre and Sidon. Now we pick up a new section, chapter 33, to the end of the book, where God is going to be speaking forth a message of encouragement and of restoration to the people of Israel, only though if they would fit into God's plan. The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Soapy reads from the New Living Translation by Kendall Hawk Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America, and your prayers and financial support are needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to the Bible Live Post Office Box 18888. That's the Bible Live P.O. Box 18888 San Antonio, Texas 78218 You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebibelive.com. Now don't forget, join us each weekday for the Bible Live with Soapy Dollars. Start today and in one year's time we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's word.